0: Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy,
1: churchy, church, church gear. To, to, Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-A-R? To, Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work.
0: Okay, what if I just did something like, go to churchgear.com?
1: Uh, you know what? That one works. Blake, what do I always say to you? You're the most valuable, beautiful member of Churchgear. No, you're fired. Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, a man who has been fired more times than Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and I'm here with my California co-host who wouldn't survive that heat for a second, Toby Walters. Uh, yeah, I specifically
0: left Texas. So we moved from Southern California to Austin, Texas. And as I've learned again and again this summer, as I keep ending up out there, Texas tries to kill you in the summer. I really don't know how anybody lives in Texas. And I also don't know how people live like up north and like Chicago and Minnesota. Like I can't do the extreme heat. I can't do the extreme
1: cold. I'm, I'm kind of a princess, Blake. What I'm hearing, Toby, is you might have been born in California, but your soul was made for Tennessee. I don't know about that. I may have
0: to fire you again for that <laughs> Just nonsense. admit it,
1: Toby. You're a Southerner now.
0: So, Blake, I remember... Um, how old are you again, Blake? I'm th- don't make me say I'm 30. <laughs> don't make me say it. Blake, when I was 30 years old, I was in the heart of a job search for a full-time worship pastor position. And, Blake, I, as you can certainly relate to, thought I was God's gift to churches, any church that was going to interview me would be just overwhelmed with my qualifications and my abilities and my creativity. Totally.
1: I'm so glad they didn't snatch you up. (laughs) So we got to get you.
0: And so it was a little bit shocking sometimes when I'd interview with a church and they would kindly say, no, thank you. And I would say, what? Like, I'm awesome. And it was kind of an eye-opening moment when uh, a certain beloved mentor from the Slingshot group told me, hey, Toby, maybe you should start taking your wife with you to interviews so she can help soften your personality.
1: Is that, a, is that a move? Can I do that? Can I just bring my wife and some peach cobbler? I'll get hired anywhere. It would definitely help your chances. I'd probably so, just eat all the peach cobbler. I specifically remember uh,
0: Slingshot connected me with a church in Southern California and they said, hey, we got this church. We think you'd be a good fit. We're going to submit your, um, you know, your resume and your information to them and we'll let you know if we get any feedback. And so a few weeks went by and I reached back out and said, Hey, is there any feedback? And they said, yeah, the church decided you're probably not the right fit for what they're looking for. And I'm thinking, uh, excuse me. I am everybody's right fit because again, like you understand Blake at age 30, God's humanity right here. You have a full and overwhelming amount of confidence. So the pastor kind of, I wouldn't say begrudgingly, but said, okay, let's have a conversation and we talked for about 45 minutes. And at the end, he kind of said like, yeah, I just don't think it's a good culture fit, just like I thought in the beginning. And I didn't realize. Now, let's fast forward to where I am now. Did you like, not wear pants to this interview, Toby? Well, I told you to a, start wearing pants call. to interviews. have to wear pants. <laughs> so fast forward now to being a business owner, and I get it. Like, I have a just sort of this innate sense of... You know, specific traits that just wouldn't fit the culture here. So, there's uh, a couple of hires I'd love to ask you about, but <laughs> all right, sure. Number one, Blake Hodges. BS. So, uh, a couple things happen when uh, people apply for a job here at Church Gear. And the very first thing, they'll submit, you know, an application, they'll attach their resume, and and Blake, I must confess, there's been a few times where I didn't respond just because I, you know, you and I both know, like, we get, what, 47,000 emails every day. Yeah. And some things do fall through the cracks. But, you and know, things almost- would stop
1: falling in your crack if you wear <laughs> pants when you're interviewing people, Toby.
0: <laughs> so almost every time I send a reply just saying, thank you so much for applying. You know, we're going to review your application, um, but really appreciate it. And, you know, just a, a kind... Acknowledgement that we received their information, we'll get back to them. And it always shocks me when there's just crickets to that response. Like you can't, and even there's been a couple candidates where I followed up with um, after the first initial like, uh, oh, like we wanted to interview them. Yeah, wanted to interview, and they couldn't respond to the email.
1: Well, if your communication is bad, you're dead to Toby. And uh, so,
0: I mean, if you can't even respond to a initial email response for a job application, that's that's strike one. Strike two, and maybe this is not a good move, but I go on social media and I see what their personality is like.
1: We should run this podcast through legal to make sure that's allowed. <laughs>
0: uh, it's absolutely allowed because if you put it out in the ethersphere and anybody can see it, then, you know, if you're just angry and you're... Uh, tearing people down on social media. Like that's not a good representation. I don't know how uh, I got a job here. I know it's a good (laughs) point. And thirdly, Blake is, as we have discovered, the the church relationship world is very small. There's like two degrees of separation between everyone. That's now, very accurate. Now that we know a lot of great people in the church world, it's really easy for me to look at, okay, where has this person been? What church have they been at? And, oh, okay, I know this person who used to be at that church, or I know this person who knows this person. I'll call them up, or I'll send them a text and say, hey, just give me an initial, like, what do you think about Bob. And would he, could he be a good culture fit here? And I've gotten both sides of response. I've gotten immediate, like, yeah, I don't think that person would be the right fit for your team. I don't think you should hire that person. We didn't have a great experience with that person. And I've also gotten, oh man, that guy is
1: the greatest human on the planet. Like Like Drew, because he was one of the randos. Like most of everyone you've known, Drew was someone we didn't know, but then both Jeff and Lee were like, you better snatch this guy up yep. and like instantly we were like we better snatch this guy up
0: and so i honestly can't think of a single person here at church gear that somebody didn't outside of the company say like this person is awesome you should absolutely bring them to your team except for
1: you because you were that guy for, this, for you blake the company uh well speaking of someone that i would give a ringing endorsement for any day of the week the ceo of slingshot tim Foot. tim welcome to the podcast.
2: Great to be back with you, fellas, and just listening to you chat. There's so many things I could have said and interjected into that little conversation <laughs> right there. But I was being a good boy. I was listening, well, t- and waiting to be invited to speak. Tell me this: Do
1: you guys at Slingshot? And again, I wonder if we can say this: Do y'all check people's socials before you even,
2: you know, do that initial? Absolutely. How common does that and- eliminate them? <laughs> And uh, and Toby, what did you say this uh, this uh, what did you call it the ether sphere? That's what I'm using. Yeah, yeah. If it's out there, if it's out there, it's absolutely checkable. And you need to realise that that is part of. And this can be a uh, controversial thing to refer to, but it's part of your personal brand. And you always have to be thinking about how you are representing yourself out there in the ether sphere, ether sphere, because if, if we're not checking it and then the organization that is looking at hiring you isn't checking it then we're not doing that due diligence
0: and there are laws and regulations in hr that you can't ask specific questions but if information right, right. is volunteered and especially uh-huh. if they're posting it on public forums then it is fair yes. game
1: all right. I'd like to ask an ages question because um, me and my millennial minion friends, we've talked about this. We feel like there's a, this is a bunny trail at this point, but there's like a little generational divide. And I'd like to see Tim, if you've noticed this, like our my parents' generation, they they don't think there's any connection between work and social media. Those are different like environments. Is that mm-hmm. same? Does that carry over? Or have you noticed that? Like, do you feel like there's a generational divide or Are you like, like everybody from every generation is saying dumb stuff on social media?
2: Uh, I'm not seeing that sense of disconnect in the older generation. I think everybody's starting to see that it uh, it certainly bleeds over, especially in uh, in more of the faith based world when it actually matters uh, what kind of opinions you're putting out there, you just need to be wise on social media. I mean, the platforms are certainly generational. (laughs) We're we're absolutely seeing uh, the generational influence in where people are showing up online and how people are showing up online. But I think it's pretty common now that uh, any generation is realizing that what you say on social media can absolutely have a difference, especially since... uh, Uh, what we went through in the pandemic with a lot of opinions about a lot of things because people weren't getting enough people connection. Uh, I think everybody's realizing that it has an effect.
0: So if Blake submits his name and resume application to Slingshot and says, hey, I'd love to be a candidate for your searches, what are some of those Mm -hmm. first things that you're going to start doing to vet
1: him? And how deeply do you go back? Because... You know, if you go back deep enough, there's some real Bad Blake on there that had to get better through college and marriage and maybe some mentorship from Tony. Well,
2: and I can speak directly to Bad Blake.
0: And, <laughs> oh, and, no.
2: And, and my direct address to Bad Blake is acknowledge that it is out there. I mean, we have worked, you can imagine, we've worked in the, uh, in the worship space uh, in particular with... Uh, potential worship leaders that do have a very solid media presence. Some have been on American Idol or The Voice or that kind of thing. And then they've been on uh, on on talk shows as well where there's been, you know, uh, fun mock-ups, inappropriate mock-ups of them online that you can't get rid of. And so we're always saying take the opportunity to translate it before it gets translated for you. Mm-hmm. So if there's stuff out there, talk about the stuff that's out there, but the redemptive journey you've been on or talk about why that got out there and what you've learned from that. And you might find this about me if you do a deep uh, social media search or a deep Google search on me. This is why that's there. This is, wh- this is who I am now. That's who I was then. And this is how I've become a stronger leader through what I've learned from what I went through through at, at that time of life.
1: You know how Facebook will say, like, here's a post from you for a year, from a year ago or five years ago or 10 years right. ago. The ones that are five to 10 years ago, me and my best friend will screenshot them to each other and just be like, can you <laughs> freaking believe one of us said <laughs> this? I mean, it's yeah. so horrific, I can't even repeat it, the one I'm thinking of on here. That's funny. Well, that was a bit of a bunny trail, but um, maybe we should.
2: Well, I've got another. I've got another bunny trail. Um, Hop on, <laughs> Toby, Toby. You were talking about um, when you're interviewing people for for church gear, and you know somebody doesn't respond, or uh, you highlight, highlighted something that's so important. If you're out there and you're looking for a new role or looking to to grow into greater roles, and that is communication and EQ. I mean, those things are massive, and in production space, because that's what we're talking more about today. You will stand out if you can communicate well, and you can uh, you can uh, display high EQ. I mean, that's going to be a huge thing that sets you apart. But also, Toby, what you're what you're seeing as well is the candidate crisis that's still lingering from the last couple of years. People are having more job opportunities than they used to have. And so they're getting a little less motivated to pursue the employer. It used to be the other way around. It's not that way around anymore. I mean, the part- the partners that we're working with, to find leaders for their teams, we're having to say, hey, just remember that the, the candidate pool is small. We are absolutely going to dig for the right people, but they are interviewing you too. And you need to be just as aggressive as candidates used to need to be, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tough world out there. After all that COVID shakeup, I mean, yep. we built church gear during COVID, so we were one of the ones that was sniping people's <laughs> employees away. Um, we would never. <clears throat> okay, um, well, Tim, we're speaking of sniping. Uh, we're turning the scope of this barrel around on this episode. Typically, we Ooh, do here we go five truths and a lie, where we're having mm-hmm. to guess. Um, but we're now going to turn that around, and you're going to have to guess. So we've done a survey. Of it's we've crested eight 385 people on our church tech pay survey. I've taken stats from that, and two of these are true, one of these is a lie. Um, and I mean, this is just cold data. So, I, if you can get it right, I will really be impressed. Number one of the following age ranges, the majority of our respondents were from the 41 to 50 years age category. Number two of the years, tech directors have been a tech director the 15-plus-year age range was the highest out of the following categories. 0 to 2, 3 to 5, 6 to 8, 9 to 10, 11 to 14. And then finally, of those surveyed... Okay,
2: repeat that second one.
1: <laughs> it's on that... Just so you know, it's on the outline, if that helps. Blake, you picked um, the most confusing ways to ask these questions. Today. I did. Well, hey, look, I'm in charge of the podcast. <laughs> um, the second one, again, was of the tech directors who have been a tech director... Can I rephrase these in an do, easier yeah. format? Yeah, let's have toby Toby
0: Okay, let's, let's see if I can simplify these, because <laughs> clarity is kindness, Blake, as I've please, learned please, in my years of kind. church gear. Okay, in all of the age ranges in the survey that we sent out, the age range of 41 to 50 had the most respondents. That That's is a better one. way to say that. Number two... That's the
2: first question. That's the first question. Yeah.
0: Number two, of all the years of service ranges that responded on the survey, 15 years plus at their church was the highest amount of respondents. Mm. And of all the people surveyed, 70% of them were full-time at their church. Mm. So okay, 41 I, to 50 wanna... years old was the most common age range. 15 years yeah. plus at their church was the most prevalent amount of time that respondents were at their church or 70% of those surveyed Golly,
2: were full-time. these are hard. I think the first one is true.
0: Okay, 41 to 50, he says, is the most common age range for respondents. The
2: next two are stumping me. I'll go with number two being true, number three being false.
1: All right, so you're saying number number three is false? That 70% yeah. were full-time? Yeah. Tim, number one was false.
2: Oh, and that was the one that I was <laughs> sure of. Now, wow.
1: But if it makes you feel any better, uh, I think one or two of these were were separated by like less than one percentage point away from being true or false. So I really sh- I really cut the the line down to the wire on this one. Me and Toby are sick of losing on this game all the time. I figured we flip it around. And also
0: you're assuming that Tim is probably the smartest guess we've ever had? Yes. I mean look at the man. He's he's Australian. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's, that accent just adds like Fourteen IQ points immediately, Toby. When
1: I'm prepping the podcast at my house, my wife doesn't ask about it unless she hears like an accent like Tim. She's like, "Oh, who's that?" I'm like, "None of you your business." You have
2: many accents.
1: We've had a couple Australians now. We had you. We had James Rudder. I feel like we had a third that maybe I'm missing. Maybe.
2: Okay. Those Any- were great questions, though. That was a that was a mind bender. Okay. We see we see all kinds of things in our line of work, as you can imagine.
0: So Blake, what's the most common age range that people who responded
1: were in? Toby, I'd have to
2: pull up the survey right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ned that, said so that, that's a good question. I want to hear those answers.
1: What really blew me away was now this is where I think it's cutting it so close. The 15 years plus as being the highest amount of tech directors' years of service. That was less than one percent. Like, you know, actually, I think it was like down to point six. So a sixth mm. of a point away from the other age ranges, it was actually really spread out. But I didn't think we'd get many at fifteen years plus. I was mm. surprised.
0: And I guess the respondents are thinking how many years they have been in tech ministry. And so yeah. the majority said fifteen years plus. So
1: not specifically at one church necessarily. Well, and just... I just d- and I just wanted, you know, I wanted to see if they burned out. And what's interesting, Tim, right. is you see a bell curve. Now maybe this data right. will change. You can still take the survey if you even as you're listening to this course or this um the series podcast but like the couple the couple like first couple years was really big and then it dipped a mm. little bit and then it went to 15 so that tells me there's a sweet spot at year five to seven where you're deciding if you're going to make a career of this or not so just well, like it's marriage.
2: that the fact that those two question two and three are true is actually encouraging to me in this space absolutely encouraging to me and uh, we often see if if a person has stayed longer than five years and they're, and they're seeing a team and a community and a culture that's reproducing itself, you're likely to stay longer term. I mean, for me in local church ministry, I had two uh, churches in my entire ministry career. Then the second church is still my home church here in the U.S. And the first church I was at over nine years. And then the second church I'm at still 20 years later. And longevity, if that is God's plan for your ministry, is such a blessing. But it, require, it requires a good dose of humility, too.
1: Mm, that's very true, because you can't do the stomp and leave if you're going to have the humility for the long term. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, like I said, if you're listening to this and you haven't taken the survey, please do. Um, and as Tim just said, one of those stats was encouraging. Maybe we should break the survey up in that way. We're going to release the PDF of the results at the end. Maybe we'll have like encouraging stats Discouraging stats, alarming yeah. stats. Yeah, mm-hmm. surprising, shocking, whatever. <laughs> Exec pastors, please read the please read these five right now. And yep. then a bonus at the end is what exactly does Blake make? <laughs> yes, and <laughs> what pres- yeah, All right, let's not get down that rabbit trail. Um, okay, so give us a quick background. I'm going to assume at this point people pretty much know about Slingshot, but we just want to give you a, a quick intro on you know what do you guys do over there because we've featured out of we're going to do four to five of these episodes, three of those are slingshot people. So
2: we're really going, Mm. we're pushing all our chips in on y'all. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, We've been around, we're in our 16th year. We, I mean, the easy way of describing it is we build remarkable teams and healthy culture through staffing and coaching. Uh, We do that in all kinds of different ways. And you've heard the angles that we come from, from different people from our team. But we have 65 people around the country uh, uh, that are doing search and coaching Uh, recruiting and coaching, Uh, but we're all about uh, building great teams to keep churches and uh, ministry organizations on mission and moving forward faster. We love people. We love teams.
1: That is a man who has done his story brand or something. Cause I mean, that was like a very (laughs) slick, well done, concise. Yep. Uh, Here at church gear. We, uh, what do we do again, Blake? I told you, you were Southern at the very (laughs) beginning of this. We sell gear, we buy gear, we help people in between. There okay. you go. Uh, yeah and for if you want to get a deeper dive with Tim we have a, another episode with him previously in the catalog so make sure to check that out if you want some more Tim related content
0: okay Tim so, so you guys oh you were going to say
2: something no I was just going to if you want some more of this accent you just go on over there and listen to that podcast <laughs> yep, just
0: put it on repeat <laughs> So, Tim, as you guys are doing candidate searches for churches, I assume you're doing uh, all sorts of different roles with churches, Mm. including, you know, tech director, production director. What percentage of your searches would you say currently
2: are technical based roles? I would say, depending on the season, uh, you wouldn't be surprised it would be a low percentage, but I would say like five to ten percent. Uh, all depending on the season if it's straight after Easter or straight after Christmas our percentage is probably a little higher. Wait a minute so you're te- wait a minute you're telling me right after Christmas and Easter you're getting a bunch of like tech
1: requests that says a maybe lot to me we are. that says maybe
2: you- or maybe we're getting a candidate influx
1: oh my God this is deep this is fun you have a bunch of people burning out you probably have a bunch of people who want to hire tech people wanting to hire more tech people. So I'm going to assume and you I mean, you can say or not, but
0: some churches might be disappointed with the performance of their production staff during Christmas and Easter and start taking seriously a candidate searches and a candidate might be fed up with the workload that they have to do at Christmas and Easter and go looking for
2: another position. It's interesting. We'll often say, you know, don't quit your job on a Monday. Uh, we would add in don't quit your your production job or your worship job right after Christmas or right <laughs> after Easter. But uh, what you said may be true. There may be some truth in that. There may be some lie in that, Toby. Okay, You decide. Yeah, I
1: will. I will turn it back on us. I will say some of the really wise advice I got. And I can't remember who to attribute this to was like similar to don't quit your job on a Monday. It was like, hey, don't want to don't quit your job on your worst day. You really want to you want to try to survive long enough to have a couple good days. And at the end of those days, be like, do I still want to leave?
2: And the answer. If that's yes, then that's very telling. So I would even extend that, Blake, and say don't don't quit your job in a tough season if if at all possible. I mean, it might be decided for you. And then sometimes you just got to assume that God is directing your steps. But don't don't quit your job in a bad season because then you miss out on the learning and the growth as a leader. And then you get to leave on your terms. Great leaders leave when they decide, not when mm. somebody else decides. And if you can work through the tough stuff, you're going to be a better leader at your next place of employment or opportunity, and you get to leave when things better.
1: See, Toby really believes in that principle because I was ready to come on board May of 2022, but he made me wait till September of 2022. Mm-hmm. That was a long time to wait, Toby. Yeah, and you were demanding what, like –
0: Seven dollars an hour, and I was like, "That's a lot of money, man." Mm. I got to make sure this business is going to work. <laughs> oh gosh! So Tim, have you seen a shift in the like the prior right prioritization? See, Did I, I can't. Right?
1: I can't write
2: survey questions, Good. and you can't say it's peas because you can it's say like, "Pivotal" like the other day. Yeah, EtherSphere or a Bendigo, right. not a <laughs> not a Bendigo.
1: What's terrible? is like, He's saying both of them,
2: and I can't hear the difference. <laughs> yeah, see. So Chad Ragmichek and. A bendigo. A, benigo. A, benigo. I can't. a
1: bendigo, a Bendigo, a Bendigo. not Bendigo, a Bendigo. No, I can't do it. Bendigo. <laughs> Please move on, for the love of
0: the Lord. <laughs> so, Tim, are you seeing over the last couple of years that churches are putting a higher priority on doing candidate searches for highly qualified production directors? Is this kind of a newer trend that's getting more traction?
2: I don't know that it's a newer trend. I mean, we were seeing we've seen a growth in this uh, as as church life and church culture has continued to move with culture. I mean, we're we're a little bit behind where we need to be, Uh, but I would say, I mean, just in the last couple of years, there's probably a higher focus on video directors for obvious reasons. I probably don't need to unpack that. Yeah. Um, As churches grow, a one front of house sound engineers. Um, but there, but there's also continued growth in general uh, tech directors.
0: And so are you guys doing candidate searches for all sorts of production roles or is it mostly mm-hmm. tech or production directors?
2: Uh, d- all sorts of different production roles, depending on the size of the church.
1: And of those roles, um, just to go a little off script here, if I was a tech right now that's in my middle 20s, And I'm thinking, I want to make a go of this, but I want to be strategic about it. What are the roles that you're seeing getting pursued the most? Like, is it the A1? Is it the front of house sound guy? Is it the overall tech director? Like, what would you aspire to? I mean, obviously, well, this is assuming they'd want to do any of them, but they just aren't sure. For
2: for us, we're probably dealing more in the general tech director role because they're the ones that they will come to us that have, and I'm sure we'll get to this, that have a salary that justifies outsourcing. Um, but if we're working with a big multi-site church, you know, they've got a team of all kinds of people and we've got lighting directors, they've got front of house, they've got all kind video directors, they've got, they've got all kinds of things. I think it all depends on what your strongest discipline is. If you decide, I mean, if you decide you want to be more of a leader of leaders and you want to be um, building a community, then you obviously want to be a tech director. And so you, you want to start in that discipline that you're strongest in, get hired on at a church with a big team where you can learn and be mentored by a tech director how to be a tech director, unless you're not interested in building teams of volunteers and you just want to build amazing you know, lighting design, then you want to find a niche place where you can you can sit out and do that. You know what I mean? And so it, it all depends on working out who you want to be, where you want to head, and then plotting a potential pathway.
0: And uh, is there a specific position that you're finding the hardest uh, ability to find candidates in?
2: Is Oh, video directors.
0: Okay. And is that because so many churches are now realizing they need them or video directors just so sought after in the outside world right now?
2: That video directors are so sought after in the outside world that they're getting paid very well in the outside world. You have to have a video director that's called to local church mission and ministry, which um, I would assume on this podcast we all believe that's the greatest call of all. Yeah, it's called to to local church ministry, and has the eye and has the skill that churches are looking for. I mean, they all want filmmakers. I mean, it, 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 a church that's high, that's, that's investing uh, budget dollars in a video director, they want a filmmaker. They want somebody who's going to tell amazing stories of life change. That same person can go out and contract in the marketplace and get good money. So you've got to work what it's about. We've got to work out what it's about for you.
0: And it's uh, an interesting reality these days in that, you know, I was doing a worship leader search and I can guarantee you nobody out in the world, out in the outside industry was willing to pay me more to play music than a church. And but churches are looking at, you know, video directors specifically, like what we're talking about and competing against the industry for them. It's a fascinating reality for these technical positions being in competition with the industry outside of the church.
2: Yeah. See, for me, Toby, I mean, my story um, is a little bit of that, too. I mean, I was uh, my tent making job back in my 20s. When I was in arts ministry, uh, was entertainment work was music work. So I would work five nights a week. I I do piano bars and corporate functions with all my musician friends, and I would make more than I would make doing ministry. My my calling was ministry. I couldn't. I mean, it was like a magnetic force for me. And for for a video director, yeah, you've got to decide what what's your what's your eternal contribution. And for us at Slingshot, we're always talking about how do we tell a more beautiful story about what it means to serve in the local church because so many people are stepping out and doing it differently. Honestly, I would say that um, maybe our production search numbers have gone down somewhat because there are so many churches that are having a contract rather than get a full-time person. Hmm. And And that's... That's sad because uh, what we miss out on is true production ministry. It becomes more transactional. You have some contract people that can do both. Um, But also we know on the other side that the the flip of that coin, for those that are listening in production ministry that are also bivocational contracting, often you have to do that to make a, a living to feed your family. So we understand that too. But there's some real tensions at play right now.
0: Okay, so let's uh, let's put you on the hot seat and see if you'll uh, stay there or if you jump right off. I am mm-hmm. a, uh, a church in um, Atlanta, and we'll say Atlanta because there's a lot of uh, movie industry in Atlanta right now, but it's not a crazy expensive place to live. It's not Los Angeles. And uh, you know, I'm about two to three thousand person church and want to hire a great video director and I'm budgeting 55000 thousand a year for this full-time hire. What's your feedback? To my proposal
2: well firstly the feedback would be that that doesn't that kind of a salary doesn't warrant an outside search group you you can't you can't justify investing a search fee um, when the salaries you know get to that level given what cost of living even at, in Atlanta is right now. So that's going to be difficult for you to find. Uh, if you find somebody at that at that pay grade, they are going to need to contract uh, do outside contract work as well. So you have to think through, because you're a church of 2,000 plus, you have high standards about what that video director is going to be able to do and produce. Therefore, that person is going to be wanting to more than 55K, and that's hard to live on, very hard to live on in Atlanta. And so you're going to have to be ready for pro- probably to compromise a little bit on quality uh, and experience, um or be ready for that person to to be doing contract work to supplement their income.
0: And if they said, "Well, give us a realistic number. Is it jumping up to like 75k?
2: Is it I would say I would say if you're a church of of 2000 plus, you want somebody who's going to tell your stories digitally, which honestly is the best evangelistic tool that you have as a church are the stories of life change. And so the person who's going to tell those stories, which is your video director, your video storyteller, needs to be a prioritized position. You're gonna need to, I would say a bullseye mark would be 75. Um, You're probably gonna need to reach for high quality.
1: And this is a little-
2: Did I I stay on the hot seat?
1: You did. Very. you're saying realistic
0: numbers, Very well, and you're cooking, you're cooking. I can smell
1: (laughs) fresh Tim (laughs) Foot from here. (laughs)
0: Is it fresh Tim foot or fresh Tim's I, foot?
2: I, I had so many responses, <laughs> but none of them were appropriate.
1: Tim's like, I can't get fired for guesting on this podcast. Um, So a a kind of adjacent question to this, when I think of videographers especially, I think of kids nowadays. We all grew up with these iPhones. Do you ever have trouble convincing a church, hey, I know you want X amount of years experience, but this 24-year-old has been serving since they were 14, and you should hire them for your 2,000-person church?
2: Do you struggle ever to get churches to realize that you know, 24 years is Absolutely. still qualified. Absolutely. And where we are managing expectations and contextualizing from the get-go of a search relationship with the church, looking for that, um, what you struggle with, um, you're going to get the quality and you're going to get, you know, a 22-year-old, 23-year-old who uh, who has that ability. Often that person was already there. They just needed us to help them see it. Um, what we then help with is coaching around uh, helping that person grow in the eq side of things and how you how you relate to people how you bring people along the hard thing in that blake is you know that when you're doing video storytelling you have to have a very developed skill set to bring the story out of the people that you're interviewing and so that's going to require more than just that tech side it's going to require somebody who asks great questions and who can tell great stories. And so, yeah, you can invest in somebody. And honestly, you can probably get that 22, 23-year-old for 55K, which is which is a good salary for a, a, a 22, 23-year-old. But then you also need to make up a lot of that rest of the delta that we just talked about toby you need to make that up in coaching and 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 development for that person but i would say and i think i said this on our last podcast uh true leaders are built not bought and uh churches will say well we hired you we feel like we're buying them no you're not you have to build the leaders the best built leaders are the ones that you can get at 22 and 23 who have done film filmmaking in high school and were were like a diamond in the rough. They maybe grew up in your church. They already get the culture of who the church is. Now just invest. I mean, even if you invest 10 grand a year developing that person, you got you got somebody who's going to stay. It could be a lifer, and could do amazing things in the life of your church.
0: And churches also need to realize, say, you magically have this 22-year-old that you hired for 55, and they have all the potential in the world, and you pour into them for several years. In three to five years, they're going to start getting offered 75 to 90 grand outside (laughs) sources because you've developed them into great leaders and great at their craft. Um, Yeah, that's that's why I don't do any sort of development with you, Blake, because I want to keep the low
1: standard that we have you on just so we can keep you here forever. I think it's working, you know? I, Toby's like, this is the right amount I want to pay and I don't want anyone to poach him. You know, it's really impactful to me that the guy who sells people has literally said <laughs> twice.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Back that up and take that out of the podcast.
1: I, I joke about this with my, I have, a, I have a really good friend who's a recruiter. Like, I'm not, I'm saying it to be funny, but like, that's what your product is. Like you, you connect people. I'm saying that to be verbose, but like. We hate,
2: we hate the word recruit. And we don't like the word word consultant either.
1: Consultant, recruiting, and selling. So then what are we left with?
2: Consultant tells you what to do. We like to ask questions that reveals the mission and leadership in the organization.
1: Relationship developer. There we go. All jokes aside, I do think it's very powerful that the CEO of Slingshot is saying that real leaders are built, not bought. I think that speaks a lot to it and
2: and you think about it toby when you say hey what if we you're right you have to grow with that individual so you always have to be uh, assessing evaluating uh um, what you're paying that person because you need to look after and that's a culture thing too you've always got to be paying attention to that but what if you develop that person and they leave well it's a gift to the kingdom but if you get caught not having a farm system of other 18, 19, 20-year-olds that you are encouraging and bringing up, then you're in a bad spot. You you heard the old conversation with the lead pastor who said to the executive pastor, yeah, but what if we do, do, what if we invest in development for these leaders and they leave? You've heard it. and the I was just said, about if, to say what it. What if we don't and they stay? What if they don't and they stay? And that's a big thing. I mean, development is everything. Culture is everything. And a farm system and leadership development is everything.
0: Okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit, put you back on the hot seat, because this is fun. We uh, love the smell of fresh Tim <laughs> foot.
2: <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not, not going to say anything.
0: I know. Okay, let's take um, cost of living out of the equation. Let's pick one of the least expensive cities in, to live in in America. I actually looked this up. Memphis was one of the top... Um, As far as least expensive cities. So let's say a large church in Memphis reaches out to Slingshot and says, hey, we want to do a candidate search for a tech director, production director, and they're 2000 people plus. What is like a base salary when you consider just taking out the cost of living adjustment that you guys are suggesting? Well, you have to at least start here to get qualified candidates.
2: You're going to think I'm getting off the hot seat. okay? And I'm not. But there's a lot of questions we're going to ask, like uh, obviously size of church, metrics like that, um, yearly budget. And we're going to ask questions around the salary and pay scale of the rest of your staff. And that's really going to help us earmark, okay, uh, this is what we need to pay this particular TD. Or video director, or whatever it may be, um, based on what we're seeing, then we're going to need to find out. Okay, if if there's if your pay scale is lower, and this t- this TD is sitting at fifty or fifty five in your pay scale, um, do we need to have a big conversation about how uh, about whether the pay scale needs to rise for other positions in the organisation? We do a lot of compensation studies. We do a lot of coaching with churches around that. But then if that's where you're sitting and it makes sense for us to coordinate that search for you, and again, we're going to be really careful um, to to advise a church when it's wise to use a search group when it's not, um, fiscally, because we want churches to be good stewards of their their resources. But then we need to work out, okay, what is it about this church in Memphis that is so special that somebody would want to come there for that salary range? And so that can be all kinds of culture pieces. That can be benefits package, which I know you probably want to talk about as well. That can be a ton of different things. It's our job to be the translator. So we translate the value of the opportunity at this church in Memphis to the potential candidates. And then we translate the value of those candidates like they may be 22 and 23 with no experience, but this is why you should look at this candidate. We we translate the value of the candidates to the church.
0: Would you tend to say, and maybe this, again, is a question that's hard to answer specifically, but if a church is under 60, um, then you're going to start to look at like, okay, let's let's have a conversation about the reality of today's situation, that under 60, right. you're going to really struggle with finding qualified candidates. And if yes. they say, hey, we want to hire somebody and we budgeted 120 a year, I feel like you're going to go to the other end of the spectrum and be like, whoa, well, how much are you paying yeah. some of your other key staff members?
2: absolutely yeah and also we would say with that 120 it's like okay let's be realistic here tell us Tell us what you're expecting of this person. Yeah, I mean, there may be things like absolutely no outside contract work. Mm-hmm. Now, you know most production leaders listening are doing some outside production work. And things like that, then, then I mean, it, it may be justified um, depending on what they're asking of that leader. But there may be ways that we would say, hey, what about you land at 85 or 90 and then spend 10 to 15 grand developing that person every year or providing that person uh, the the, the the tools they need to do their job really well.
1: The reason, or you know, go for it. The reason Toby was bringing up these kind of numbers is, uh, I think. Th- the majority answer, and I don't think I know. Um, I think it's kind of wild. The majority answer for the pay on our uh, our survey, which again almost hit four hundred people, and this is across all like roles. This is not just tech directors.
0: Mm. This is like all
1: technical <clears throat> roles. Yes, within church production, and again, seventy percent of our survey respondents were full time. I think that's a point and a, a key metric here. The majority answer was thirty to forty thousand dollars, and then yeah. if you I'm add it surprised. up, sixty-eight percent of people were making 60K or less. And I'm hmm. hearing from you, you might not even be able to advise it. Like you might advise a church if it's under 60, it might not even be physically responsible to bring you guys in. So I'm thinking, good Lord, that that cuts out you know, over two thirds of the country right there.
2: Well, and it wouldn't surprise you that this isn't the first conversation I have had on a podcast <laughs> about tech salaries. <laughs> that this isn't the first time. Um, I, was there a question on your survey about how many of those taking it did outside work?
1: We didn't. We should have. Although, as you say, I guess we just assume almost everyone is.
2: Yeah. yeah. That would be a fascinating stat to have.
0: Okay. So, I want to throw in a uh, an outside question here. Um, so, I remember a an article survey came out recently, and the number one – job of today and the future. Do you guys want to guess what it is? Not in church world, just in general in America.
1: AI something. Um, you're, you're
0: close. It, software engineer. It,
2: it, some, yeah. Software. Yep. Absolutely.
0: So we, as a culture have accepted that software engineers are worth their weight in gold. And I don't think a lot of organizations would bat their eye of thinking like, okay, we're going to hire a software engineer and they're going to make more money than oftentimes that people that are above them in the organization have we come to a point in the church production world where we are starting to wrap our head around okay the production director is a highly skilled and technical mm. position that may be worth more than other positions maybe worth more than a worship pastor or creative pastor mm. because of the technology and the world that we live in well cuz
1: well, one of the things tim that really struck us on the freehand responses we had three questions where you could write in multiple people said hey you know, all due respect, the kids admin, their their job skills are not changing. The Bible is the Bible mm. is the Bible. I'm having to learn a new di- uh, Digico board every couple of years. I'm having to learn a new whatever. like the gear is always updating. Imagine if the Bible was getting a new chapter every two years. I'm serious. <laughs> yes. In some churches like, it is. oh gosh. <laughs> but I mean, that's a reality. They are constantly having to learn,
2: yeah. The most innovative churches, Toby are actually starting to get this. And it won't surprise you that the church is not near there yet. Uh, you, I mean, that, it's a, what you just said is a prophetic statement. I'll call I'll call you, I'll call it that. It was a prophetic statement. and I believe churches are going to have to catch up with where the world is headed and how they prioritize staffing around it. And that that's a, that's just an important piece. I'll also say this, you know, back in my days, couple of lives ago when i was a an arts leader you know I, I i wasn't one of those leaders that could do everything yet i knew how to mobilize people that could and they weren't always people people if that makes sense they weren't always people that were great at working with people but that was m- probably one of my highest higher skills or values of of leadership. And so what I think will also be prioritized in the future is that role on the executive team that can corral all those specialists, that generalist who can speak the language, who can motivate the troops, who can bring together full-timers and contract workers and, and, and bring all those ingredients together to make a beautiful end product.
1: Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope to see you back next week for more absurd stories, tech takeaways, and overall buffoonery here at the Church Gear Studios.
0: You know what's worse than Tim's foot? I think it might be my foot, Blake. Your foot
1: was stinking the other day.
0: And also the uh, the poison ivy that I had, like, a couple months ago.
1: I-, I wanted to post that so people could see it. It was brutal. I mean, my feet are just scary places,
0: whereas Tim's foot is, like... Beautiful place. Yeah, it's right next to, uh, you know,
1: uh, what is it? Cleanliness is next to Godliness. I think yep. it's Tim's foot is next to godliness. And if you want to have something that's as good as Tim's foot, you should send this... LAUGHTER You should send this episode to a friend and uh, say, hey, this will help you with your church tech services. And also, here's a foot.
0: (laughs) This is the worst (laughs) segue we've ever done. (laughs) Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for
1: our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church here. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? it doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C H U R C G E L? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work.
0: Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works.